Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, unless you're under bar mitzvah age, we drop the occasional F-bomb, so listen at your own risk. We are back. This is Pitch into Contact. My name is Rich. I'm joined by my co-host, Peyton Trawick. Trayway, how is it going, man? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm, I'm living, man. The Jays are approaching 100 losses. Uh, no more. I'm not a student anymore. You know, living my best life, man. Yeah, it sounds uh, money to me. Dude, it, it's it's an it's a it's an interesting time. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero has just been. Um, I just came out and said he doesn't lift. So our franchise superstar is literally a child who's kind of like a fat kid. Um, graduated though, so I graduated. I defended my thesis. It's a master's in biomechanics, and since then, all I've done is code and record podcasts. That sounds like a pretty everything. good time, dude. That's literally how you would map out my life after getting a degree in biomechanics but i mean life's been good how's how's being back at school man man it's good bro you know just getting back in the swing of things you know still working hard obviously doing my own thing uh you know trying to get a job in baseball trying not to drop out all at once i'm not going to drop out clearly but you know i'm trying not to yeah why not drop the Brewers finally got their run differential uh, positive today, and it's the uh, well, they they've played 158 games, I think, <laughs> after today. So that's a that's interesting uh-huh. as always. So that's good. How do, how do you feel about your Red Sox, man? Um, I'll be honest with you, not too thrilled. But I mean, that's what happens when you don't go sign any bullpen and you lose your best two relievers and your starting pitching throws like garbage all year. So uh-huh. you know. Not trying to yeah. throw shade. I mean, every team has their struggles, but you know, it's just kind of irritating. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like this season has always been super frustrating for you, Red Sox fans, because like the Jays, like for us, we were out from the beginning. Like we had right. no business even thinking about the playoffs. But it seems like with the Red Sox, it's kind of like you guys go on a run, and now you're five games out. So like you're close and then you do something dumb and your your team blows it in the ninth inning or something and then you fall back to like seven and then you catch up now you're four games away then you're back to seven so it's like you you're never like close enough to like be like you know that one or two games back where you're like okay like we got this you're always like four to seven games back you know like that would kill me yeah, it's so like, frustrating because like our our run differential is at plus seventy five right now, which I know that's not a very accurate indicator of like where your team should be. But you yeah. know, you look at that, and then you look at we're nineteen games back in the division, like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then twelve games back in the wild card. So you look at it, it's like okay, well if you're scoring runs, and what's the issue? It's pitching. So it all kind of correlates back together. Jesus, you guys are already twelve games back of a wild card spot. Yeah, and we're uh, at teams that are against teams that are better than five hundred. We are twenty eight and forty five this year, so that's good. The Jays wow. have a better the Jays have a better record against teams above five hundred. Really? Yeah, thirty three fifty seven. I have no idea. How do you have these numbers just like available? Uh, are you just man? I, I'm a, I'm a math whiz. I, I calculated it, bro. Math whiz, math yeah. whiz. Yeah. Or maybe you're just prepared, and I'm not. Nah, dog. Dude, dude, like, keep in mind, like, here's here's how my night's been, man. Like, I record a podcast. I I come back from work, have my basketball fantasy draft, then record a podcast, edit it up, chop it up, and then jump on this one. Like, we used to have our own producer, and now we're just kind of like, we're winging it. 
Yeah, we're kind of <laughs> winging it. Like, this is, what, our third attempt at recording our, like, comeback pod? This is actually, yeah, the third attempt. This, third? <laughs> this is the third dude, attempt. Dude, everything, everything up to this point has been horrible. Like, we, I think the first time we kind of started recording it, and then we were like, nah, we're going to do this another time. And then, like, two weeks later, we record, and, like, we record an entire episode. And then I listen back to it. I'm like, dude, this is trash. And then I find, like, the Skype thing. Like, hey, man, we can tr- record with this. Like, this might work. So this is attempt number three. Hopefully the world listens to it. If not, there's going to be... Is there going to be a, an attempt number four if we figure this well, out? For the for the record, it, the the, uh, the content of the podcast was not what was trash. It was the audio equipment that, and the production stuff we were using to run Dude. it. So for the Dude. record, for everybody, it wasn't a bad podcast. It, it was just oh. the way we were doing it. <laughs> Dude, when our our content is never bad. Our content is elite. It's just like everything around it is often like, you know, could be better. Like we had a producer and he was lit and now we're just going without training wheels. We're trying to figure it out ourselves because we're too poor to afford anything else. These are facts. So, These dude, are facts brought to you by the people for the people. Dude, we suck. Like I'm <laughs> we're living in our mom's basement <laughs> talking about baseball. Um but yeah, man, you're back at you're back at school. You're in your senior year. What you got going on this year, man? Man, I'm uh, getting ready to start some pitching research. Um, hopefully, we're working on getting some uh, flight scope technology to run the research. We're actually pretty close to securing that. So uh, we're going to start that actually uh, in October. So that'll be awesome. Uh, it'll run probably till next October. Hopefully, a little bit sooner. It just depends on how quickly we can get the data and then start filtering through and writing our paper and. All that kind of stuff. So it'll be a it'll be a good time. I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm just ready to really to get rolling and be in the lab every day. I got to see firsthand you doing it uh, last year, so that <laughs> that's kind of exciting. I'll be sending you uh, Snapchats from our lab and <laughs> keeping you in the loop instead of being vice versa. Dude, you're so excited for this, but I can't wait for how aggravated you're gonna get by this entire process. Like, oh, it's 100%. cool. At times, dude, at times it's just like the most painful thing in the world. <laughs> I remember back in grad school, I would be like clicking buttons at times, and it's like, oh my god, this isn't working. What the hell is going on? It, it was yeah. painful, but honestly, super rewarding at the end. Like, hopefully, it all it all works out for you, man. Like, so what what is this pitching research going to be about? Like, what's what's the idea? So we're running. We're going to try to run a correlation between uh, spin rate and arm speed, and then uh, we're going to take a couple other factors into it as well such as like total body strength and a couple other things just try to test it and find something that sticks um really right. my, my my main focus is gonna be more on like the arm speed area just because i want to see like right. the correlation and kind of see mm-hmm. like what the readings look like um okay. and the flight scope technology is gonna be really useful in that because they can measure all these different things at once so yeah. i'm stoked it's awesome that's sweet um speaking of um spin rate um something so i work at baseball development group right now i'm doing um pitch design for them and one thing i spoke um to my boss steven oster about um was how to manipulate and how to create more spin rate and something he um kind of proposed was grip strength like somebody with stronger grip strength can spin a baseball better than someone who has weaker grip strength and like that makes sense in my mind because like the last thing that the baseball feels before heading towards home plate is the fingers, fingers, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, I, so, and like we all talk about how you got to snap. Um, so, I feel like there's like that's interesting because like, I, there's not like a 
really a way of training grip strength. That's really weird. Like, what are you going to do? Finger curls. But if there's a way of training <laughs> grip strength, it would be super interesting to see, like, what happens to spin rate uh, when you compare somebody who has, like, tr- trained his grip strength and someone who hasn't. Like, somebody. Right. So it's kind of like comparing your spin rate as somebody who has never trained to my spin rate as a guy who's literally the arts Arnold Schwarzenegger of, like, grip strength you know <laughs> exactly and so so actually I'm, I'm it's kind of funny brought that up because we hadn't had a conversation about this beforehand um definitely uh, feel free to send your boss my way because like that's literally one of the things we're going to be testing so that's actually kind of cool so uh Dude, yeah okay. I, yeah that that please do that we're actually gonna have to have a conversation about this outside of this pod because i think that'd be super dope to like kind of keep you guys in the loop with that too Dude, um, that that would be sweet i'm sure he'd love that um and if he doesn't and he hates it i hope he's not listening to this because i just got the job um but but, yeah but but yeah dude like um that's pretty much what i've been up to i'm doing like a lot of pitch design work i started heck uh, yeah dude i started i started coding in r like three weeks ago yeah we've we've talked about that a ton the process has been super interesting that's like that's the crazy thing like like how i said um did finished my degree in biomechanics and instead of doing anything related to that i'm literally doing coding podcasting podcast editing and watching football and like the occasional baseball like that's literally been my life dude i uh, am for everybody that knows rich right now i highly encourage you guys to go check out like his linkedin and his twitter and stuff and go back and watch some of these coding videos he's putting together about like just the stuff he's doing in R. Super interesting. I've been, I've been like sharing all of it on LinkedIn and like slurring retweets on it. Like I've been trying to get this push because like that it's pretty it's pretty impressive like how quickly you've made the like the shift to be able to just to do and like write some of this code. Like the like the stuff you've done at baseball development group with like their site and like that pitching tool that you're working on. Like it's yeah. incredible. Especially because you want to be working off like what like you said like three, three and a half weeks at this point. Yeah, man. Like uh, the first week was literally me just uh trying to figure out what R does and then i kind of i kind of started and i'm like okay like i know some basic function fun, uh, functions the rest i'm just gonna google like who cares i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wing it um i want to make a shiny app like it's probably gonna be a mess but i mean i signed up for it it's gonna be fun i'm gonna learn how to code code an r which is already valuable so we'll oh, see how absolutely. this works yeah we'll see how this works and literally like in the span of two and a half weeks put together a shiny app um what we're trying to really do is um we're trying to compare the pitchers that we're going to be having in over the fall over the off season so we're going to have a few um excuse me we're going to have a a few pro guys come in they're going to be throwing for us we have a rap soto system uh we have uh some high-speed video cameras so we're going to be taking their rap soto data so their fastball spin rate fastball velocity power units and we're going to find comparable pitchers on the mlb level and then essentially see what that mlb pitcher who has the same arm slot same handedness hopefully the similar spin rate same velocity we want to see what that pitcher does to be successful on the major league level, especially right. with secondary stuff. So, like, look at heat maps, look at horizontal, vertical movement profiles, stuff like that, and then taking that objective data and kind of help our pitcher, the one that we have, the pro guys that come in over the offseason, like, develop their secondary stuff, refine their fastball, um, really tunnel their stuff well. So just right. really get, 
the goal is to give them the best resources to succeed. So obviously there's more to pitch design than just fastball velocity and fastball spin rate. But I right. feel like that's, that's a good starting point. Oh, absolutely. What a pitcher is because, you know, because most pitchers who come in, first of all, if you come in, if you're a guy who comes in and you're a minor leaguer an indie baller, you're probably your best pitch is usually your fastball. Like your curveball doesn't really look that good. Your slider doesn't really uh, look that good. And like maybe you have a pretty good changeup, but it's usually like it all starts with the fastball. So I feel like that's and also with Bauer units, it's something that kind of standardizes spin rate and allows us to compare um, spin rates across different types of pitchers. So like Garrett Cole and random Trayvon yeah. Payton, you know, so I feel like fastballs is a good, good place to start. But dude, honestly, this has been, it's been a ton of fun. Like I've enjoyed doing it. And like the app is starting to take form. Like my boss is excited. Like people at BDG are excited. Um, hopefully the pitchers like it because it's essentially for them and it's, it's supposed to help them be better and i mean it's really cool like in my time with evolution metrics and you you know this like there's a ton of dudes and a ton of girls there who uh just have been coding for years so it's really cool to be to like communicate with them every couple of weeks just to get advice like hey i'm new with r i have no idea what i'm doing at times like what should i be doing here like right. feedback so honestly it's been sick like getting help from them getting help from google getting help from like random sandeep from india on youtube like that was that dude's sweet like he's changed my life for the better so you know yeah it's, it's been fun it's been fun dude you gotta I'm come glad. To, dude you gotta come to bdg and check it out like come to canada man dude i i am 100 percent down to do that i uh i'm actually getting my passport right now so that's pretty dope um oh, that is sweet exciting isn't it yeah so I uh, I want to kind of throw us back in reverse for a second to go kind of back to the pitches sure. and stuff you were talking about. So before you yeah. even brought up Garrett Cole, I was going to bring up the perfect Garrett Cole example. So like his fastball this year, he's striking out for strike threes. I think it's like close to fifty two percent four seam fastballs. Don't you have a guy yeah. that can throw that you know up in the zone, down the zone, has a great idea how to utilize his fastball mm-hmm. and get outs, especially yeah. to swing and miss. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you take a guy that can you know you could tunnel, it, you can throw a cutter with it, you can throw a slider with it, like that. All of a sudden, that guy's like really hard to hit because you got. A yeah. fastball has got a little bit of life, you know, it's not rising, but staying up, you know, staying up in the zone, it's hard to hit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have a cutter that's kind of going, you know, across the plate, mm-hmm. going away, and then you got sliders dipping away from you. So it's it's hard to hit guys like that. And so the pitch tunneling, I think, is a, in my opinion, is a very crucial part to pitch design because you obviously want to make all oh, those yeah. pitches look as identical as possible mm-hmm. up until the very last second. And all of a sudden, well, if that 12-6 is falling off the table, that cutter's, you know, fucking running away from you so it i I think that that is very underrated um, among people Mm -hmm. not in the baseball community that actually utilize the data because those people have an understanding of you know what they're trying to do and how to do it i think it's the Mm -hmm. people who on the surface are trying to understand spin rate and how to utilize it that kind of forget that's a key aspect because because none of your pitches look the same as soon as it comes out of the hands oh shit slider there and then he's gonna he's gonna sit on it you know maybe try to drive it away or he's gonna if it's Mm -hmm. inside he's gonna pull it down the line you know so I think that's a very mis, mis, and not like I'm not gonna say misinterpreted. I feel like that's not putting it correctly. But among people who aren't, you know, doing the stuff we're doing, they look around. It's like, okay, like I've never thought about this aspect of it, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree, and and that's really the thing, man. Like especially on the, especially in the pro level, like hitters don't get phased by no. velocity. That's Absolutely not the thing not. that like I. 
like 90 like a straight 95 even straight 100 like these guys can hit what what makes hitters uncomfortable is throwing off their timing higher spin rates so the ball like seems to be like seems to rise over like their swing plane you know stuff like that like literally if you can make the hitter uncomfortable that's your golden as a pitcher like that's biggest part of hit of pitching like like messing with timing making hit pitcher uh, hitters uncomfortable the just velo it's not like it's good that you throw really hard it gives the hitter less time to react to the pitch but right. at the end of the day like these guys are professional hitters like these mm-hmm. dudes can hit like they're waiting for a straight 95 down the middle so that exactly what you mean like if if we can help our pitchers like tunnel their stuff well so it looks like the pitch looks exactly the same until like the last possible movement so like your four seam has hop at the end and rises and then like you have you drop a hammer you know um that's that's really the big part about pitching and i think with all these new technologies that are available now like it it really makes pitching way more interesting like because you can really see what happens frame by frame like right at like you can slow everything down and you can look at everything like before you you like these old head scouts they can say that oh this guy's doing this he's doing that on the mound but literally so much about pitching and so much about everything in baseball because in baseball every movement like for the most part guys don't really move in baseball but when they do it's a very dynamic movement like hitting super dynamic pitching super dynamic so to be able to see everything with the naked eye it's impossible and i think that's what we're starting to realize with all this new technology like the rap soto um like like k west for hitters um like the edgar tronic cameras that teams are starting to use so it's it's yep. really interesting to see what's happening with baseball. Like this is the golden age of technology, and and honestly, like things are going to be moving really, really quickly in pro ball. Yes, and, like dude, we see it happening now. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. It's it's incredible to see like uh-huh. the way teams are using this objective data to not only run their organizations but to evaluate guys in the minors, guys that are coming up. You know, you're looking at a guy. And the thing is, they're not they're not using this objective data just like the first, the second, third, the fourth, mm-hmm. you know, all their, you know, their bonus yeah. money. They're looking at, you know, if they have a, a track man or a flight scope or whatever mm-hmm. at, you know, University of Florida, if they're drafting this guy in the 38th round, they're going to have access to that data. And they're going to make a decision based on that data, whether if it's, you know, groundbreaking or not. They're going to see something yeah. like, we can work with that. That's just the age mm-hmm. we're moving to. And, of course, there's old school scouting. They're going to take video, analyze the swing. But... The hard data is what's driving teams right now. And that's not going to change for a while. It's just going to keep getting deeper and deeper. We're going to look at – Richard, there's there's things that are going on in baseball right now that we're not measuring that are going to be mind-boggling in the next five years. Stuff oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. Look, if we look at back at this pod, like, man, spin rate doesn't even matter anymore. Like, it, it's going to come to that point. It's going to be something different. You know, we just don't know what it's going to be yet. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's no. incredible to think about that. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's honestly crazy. Like, um, I was actually – uh. I was scouting. Well, not scouting. I don't really scout anymore. I'm kind of past that right now because I'm super cool and shit. Um, but <laughs> I was at, dude, I was at tournament 12. And first of all, let me, I'm going to tell you about this tournament 12 thing, which honestly complete disaster of what's happening in Canadian baseball. But um, tournament 12, 
it's the tournament that takes place at the Rogers Center where the Toronto Blue Jays play. It's once a year and, and right around September. Kind of a weird time because this is like when se- the season's kind of wrapping up. Guys like are starting to slow down in high school because they've been throwing literally since like March. So right. their arms are starting to literally break open. So, um, but anyways, tournament, it's like a five-day tournament once a year at Rogers Center in September. And it's the best high school kids across the country. So we have kids from like the West Coast, British Columbia, all the way to like the prairies and um, the islands and Quebec and everything. So um, yeah, and I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm over there and I'm talking to some a, bu- a bunch of people. And I sat down next to a guy uh, who runs a prep baseball report Ontario. Great dude. And I'm talking to him about like spin rates and stuff and rap sodas because pbr is starting to use rap sodas at their showcases this is a right. new concept but they're starting to use it and it's kind of interesting because he's talking to me and he's like back in the day like literally two years ago a kid is throwing and you're guessing the velocities you know like when you watch a kid throw enough like you you watch enough baseball that you know the difference between a 95 and a 90 based on how it sounds on in the like when it gets to the glove right Oh, yeah. It just has a different sound. Yeah, it has a different sound. But it's funny because he's like, now they're guessing spin rates. And I found it funny. Like, first of all, like, I have no idea how you guys guess spin rates. Like, that seems incredibly hard because it's one thing to guess between, like, 75 and 95. It's another thing to guess between, like, 1,800 RPM to, like, 2,500 RPM on a fastball. No, so that's that's kind of crazy but like that just shows the point is that just shows what's happening in baseball like just the ch- the change in ideology like everybody's got this growth mindset they're trying to find as many objective ways to one evaluate players and objective methods to project players because i mean we look at the draft and about what four percent of dudes drafted make it to the big leagues right like right. a lot of a lot of the first round guys make it, but then like the further you go in the draft, like those guys have a very very small chance of of reaching the reaching the majors. That's why teams right. are trying to find the most objective ways possible um, to make it happen. But here's a question for you then, since we're talking about all this, what do you think this means for scouting? Um, you know, it depends how you want to look at it. Me, personally, I think that scouting still holds a very prominent role in what we're trying to do mm-hmm. because there, there's yeah. some things you just can't quantify in, you know, mm-hmm. in data. You know, like I'm, I'm reading Astro Bar and I'm actually pretty close to being finished with it. And I, uh, Dude, I got I to gotta start reading that book. I got it lying around, but Jesus. It's a phenomenal I've been book. podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm going to get to it, man. Um. But yeah, they talk a lot about, um, no, no, you're good. They talk a lot about there's a lot of things that you can't quantify in data. And they talk about, you know, just the journey and all that. And and that's not all the books, all the books about. Like the book is mainly about how they built it using data, but they kind of drop hints. And, you know, in scouting, there's just certain things that you can get that hard data, just looking at a computer doesn't give you. You know, there's stuff that you could quantify you know, they make a reference in, I believe it's the sixth chapter to team chemistry. And they talk about like David Ross and how, you know, he went to back to back World Series and he hit 220. You know, like, like what does he bring to the table that allows for teams to kind of rally around him and kind of like build their energy to build and like team camaraderie and all that kind of stuff? Um, right. That stuff you can, and I'm not saying this is the sole purpose. I'm just trying to make a connection here. Um, 
you know, there, there's reasons why video works. There's reasons why, you know, mechanics are still a thing because, you know, if you don't do all these certain things, you know, your arm's going to wear down, your body's not going to hold up, you know, projectability. Like, sure, you could teach a guy how to hit, you know, but there's, you, there's only so much power you could tap into without strength. And there's only so much power mm-hmm. you could develop without projectability and adding, you know, right. weight to the frame and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, this, and it's very surface level things I'm getting at here. Yeah. But um, there's just a lot of things I feel like data can't tell you. And until mm-hmm. we can write a code that says, okay, this dude's 6'2 and 185, like he could definitely get to 215, 220. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But how are you quantifying that without looking at his body in person? You, you get what I'm saying? Like right. how reliable is that without putting eyes mm-hmm. on him and seeing how he plays with his current frame and like all this kind of stuff, you know, um, has maturity. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different personal aspects that go into it too. His makeup, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a lot yeah. of things that these numbers can't quantify. So I don't think scouting's dead. I think scouting will move yeah. a lot more towards uh, objective data collection. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That soon, you know, and that's already the case with some teams. Teams are going to be armed with portable wrap sodos and things like that. They're going to take it to the games. They're going to be collecting spin rate and all that, but they're also going to be writing notes about his body and his makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know? no, I, I, com- I completely agree. I think that there has to be a mix of both still. Um, my, my question is, like, how do you – really evaluate something like makeup right especially on a high school level right like um you know say you have say you have a nine a kid throwing 93 on his high school travel team right and how many kids throw 93 on a high school travel team like honestly like for example there's one guy that i watched last week who sits 91 93 he played for this one team this one travel team who literally the talent there compared to him is just night and day like everyone right. else probably throws like between 78 to 83 and then there's this kid who looks like mike soroka throwing 91 93 right so my point is and this kid like i spoke to him a couple times looks like a phenomenal kid but for but he's talking to me who's i mean i was a pbr scout at one point or like i was with evolution metrics and like i'm watching him as a, an evaluator who has some sort of right. impact on his future but you never know what he's what he is like around other people you know and realistically when you're a kid who throws 91 93 and i'm not saying this kid is that type of person but for the most part like i guess that those type of kids could be douchebags you know because they're so much better that everyone else, they're still in high school, they're 17, they're not mature, you know, like they're better than literally everyone. So how do you evaluate that kid's makeup? Because he's never really been tested before, but then you get he gets drafted, say, in the second round, gets put in, in the minors, and there's older guys there, and everybody throws 91-93. Well, that kid gets humbled real quick, and that's when he starts to mature. That's when he starts to change his mindset. So... Like, that's my main question. Like, how do you look at makeup, especially in a high school level? Because, like, this guy's 16, 17. He's going to be a completely different human being when he's 22, 23, 24, you know? Like, how do you project that? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, like I said, man, it, there's a lot of things that they can't project. And you're 100% right. You know, and, uh, clearly, you're agreeing with me. But I, 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 I also wonder how much and I, I feel weird saying this because it's going to sound really just like ignorant mm-hmm. but it, yeah. a part of me kind of wonders like how some teams how much they really care about that projectability aspect you know mm-hmm. like can they develop a guy that can perform a task for them at the big league level and if they can using that data if they think so like they're probably going to make a decision based off that especially in later rounds like 
Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't have a ton of video on this guy. We've all, scouts only seen him like twice. He says he's got a good body, but man, yeah. this guy, this guy's curveball spin rate is the second highest we've ever seen behind Carter Stewart, or sorry, yeah. just something like that. You know, then all of a sudden you look up, right. it's like wow, this guy's getting a lot of swing and misses out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. and then there, and there you go, that's how the decision was made. I, I think yeah. there will be some decisions like that, but I just, mm-hmm. I just don't think it'll, it'll ever move to the point, like I said, where scouts are just going to be, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, no, no, dude, for sure. And like, still, there's, there's a, I mean, there's more to scouting than just objective side. Like, you have to be at the game to see like which kid has a feel for the game, which kid has just like natural athleticism. Like, um, I was actually this was, um, Jesus, this was like six, seven months ago. I'm at the showcase in Ontario, and I'm speaking to uh, this guy named Jeremy Booth who runs Future Stars, and he's telling me like. You got to let the bodies come to you. And like, that's true. You, before you get the objective stuff going, you, like you have to identify the kids and that's eye yep. test, right? You identify the kids, you see which one has like a natural feel for the game, which guy has that natural athleticism, who's stiff, who isn't like even kind of like their bodies a little bit too. Like, I mean, you look at guys like Jose Altuve and, and Jose Ramirez who are smaller guys, but are mashing. But, I mean, projectability is still, for the most part, a thing. For, like, there are little guys who succeed, but for the most part, it's the stronger, bigger dudes who succeed. Like, even Jose Altuve, you look at his lower half, that dude's jacked, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, you know? So there's still a thing to be said for that. So, yeah, I think I think there's it's good to have a good mix of two of both sides, but I think you have to be open to both sides. Like there are people who are very much on one end of the spectrum and not about the other. I think you need to be open-minded about the old stuff and be open-minded about what's coming into the game. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm gonna, now, can I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go ahead and lead the way on the segue with this. So uh, Rich and I just to kind of make this an awkward segue. But I, I'm gonna I, well, I'm explaining you guys what I'm doing right now. I'm setting up a board in my bedroom with our uh, picks for all the postseason awards. So what I'm doing, Richard, is I'm writing on this whiteboard. I erased all of my work stuff I had on it. And, is that a good uh, idea? Well, uh, you know what? Uh, we can't really talk about this, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so okay, okay, I, uh, okay. I'm just erasing it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm paying. It's not useful right now. We're past. Mm-hmm. It's outdated. So what we're gonna do uh-huh. is we're yeah. uh, I'm gonna we're, we'll do uh, the following awards. We'll do we'll do AL and NL Manager of the Year. How's that, sure. how does that make you feel? Okay, we'll do Cy Young. Okay. okay. Um, we'll do. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to write this to where it fits. Uh, we'll do Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, yeah. MVP, and okay. then. Um, if you want to get really interesting, we could do. Do they do comeback player of the year? I'm like almost a hundred percent sure they do. Um, Jesus Christ, I can't even think of a comeback player of the year off the top of my head right now. Well, last year my 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 pick was Matt Harvey, and yeah. uh, Matt Harvey. Didn't I think have John, that great of a year. Wasn't Johnny went? Wasn't it like Johnny Venters who came back and won that? Yeah, like. He had like fifty Tommy John surgeries, and then he comes back and has a pretty good season. I think so. Yeah, that might have been him. Honestly, I have no idea. I'd probably have to think of like a guy who had Tommy John surgery, came back, and kind of dealed. You know? 
So right. whoever that whoever that guy is, you person who came back from Tommy John surgery and threw absolute gas, you're the comeback player of the year. That's my pick. Dope. I like it. That, that's solid. Here. See, look, we're already you're already beating me too, and we're not even there yet. Here we go. There we go. It's gonna be one of those guys, but yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do some predictions, and then I gotta tell you about this tournament because you're gonna love it. It's gonna make you realize why I hate this country. And oh, dude, you were still this. talking about tournament twelve. I thought I thought that was our segue. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you oh can, no, dude, no, no, you can keep no. going, dog. That's okay. Fine. <laughs> but no, 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 no worries, no worries. Here, <laughs> let me. I'm just gonna tell you this quick story, and uh, then we'll move move on to your thing. So, tournament twelve, literally, day I was there. Four games, best kids in Canada, and guess how many kids throwing ninety I saw in these four games. Um, I'll be honest with you; you already told me the answer, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take oh, a guess, just a random Christ. guess for the viewers here. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. two. No, it was four. I know, I, I knew. I just I didn't want to guess the yeah. right answer. Okay, I seem really okay, douchey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. But like, dude, best people, best kids across the country throwing then there's 490s you know like i could count more people who couldn't even touch 84 than people who touch 90 like that's Jesus. so sad like that i'm is. watching dude i'm watching this one kid he's like 65 215 um and i'm like jesus christ like this guy looks like a specimen like you, you add size to that frame like you you might be you might be a guy and then he throws, and like his lower half has no idea what it's doing. His upper half has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing on a mound. Like his lower half's doing one thing, upper half's doing another thing, and he's sitting eighty-two, eighty-three. And I'm like, Jesus. What the hell? this is like everything that's wrong with the baseball development in, in this country. Like, how do we like we're like ten years ago we had like eight kids drafted out of high school. Like we still have the same amount. Honestly, this year it's a wash. We don't have that many kids that are going to be drafted out of high school. And it's kind of unfortunate because I really want baseballs to succeed in this country. Like I have, dude, I have a buddy who um, he coaches for uh, a rep team up here in Canada and they go down to Florida for spring training. And down there he was talking to this guy who works for Team USA Baseball. Um, and he was talking to this guy and, he, and like my buddy's telling me this story. So he asks him, and he's like, hey, man, you're making your U19 roster for the World Cup. Like, how many guys storing 90 did you cut from this team? Do you get, like, guess how many? I, ho- I don't think I told you this, but guess You did how not many. tell me this part. I'm going to go, go. go two. No, three. Do you, three people he cut that throw 90? Oh, wait. Like, guys who throw 90 who were cut from the U19 Oh, you, oh US. I thought you said my bad. I thought, no, no. You, I thought you no, said no. who didn't throw 90. I, in my mind, I was thinking no, there's not that go. many people that couldn't have not thrown 90. Okay, I'm going to go. There we go. That's, another, that's another problem in, in itself. Yeah, Jesus. I, uh, dude, I'm going to go 25. Dude, 106 kids throwing 90. Holy crap. Got was... cut from the U19 USA baseball team. They brought we in that many kids? I didn't think they'd even bring in that many kids. Dude, we had four dudes an entire day, four games, seven innings each. Each, each pitcher gets like two, three innings to throw. He, I saw four 90s, best in Canada. Come on, man. That's horrible, and like, bro. Dude, and like, we, and like, there was only one kid the entire tournament who was able to maintain above 90 stuff for two innings. 
Dude, that's bad. Dude, it's I'm not so good. Sorry, buddy. Like, I'm dude, I'm watching these games and there's only in, across four games, there's only two balls that went to the that got to the warding track. Jeez. Dude, I don't even know what to say about that. Honestly. Yeah, that's go, yep. There's our segue. Let's go to predictions. I hate this oh, country. Oh my goodness. Dude, that I, I couldn't imagine. Dude. I can I can, I see more balls hit the warning track at a USA high school BP. Like Dude, dude, I'm talking to a Seattle Mariners international scout at the tournament and he's telling me about the kids that they got in the Dominican and he's like they're fourteen and fifteen year olds throwing nineties. That's they're money like, right there. Dude, there's like a bunch of hobby, hobby biases running around in the, in the international circuit who are 13, 14 years old. We have like stiff dudes who just don't know what they're doing in baseball. And it's like, come on, you know? Like, we got to start figuring it out. If we want yeah. like, to compete with these teams, like, I don't want to see us be seventh or sixth best in at the U19 World Cup all over again. Right. And, we do ha- and we do have some guys. Like, so we have a, a few hitters who are pretty good. But then we have other dudes who are like, oh, my God. Dude, like, I'm talking, like, I, here's something I heard over the over that week. Like, we have a kid in Canada who sits 84-86. He's a lefty. Last year, he was 84-86. And there's an MLB team that wants to take him in the second round. And it's mind-blowing. Dude, Simeon yeah. Richardson was drafted in the second round in his year, and he was throwing 97 out of high school. Dude. <laughs> oh, brother. Dude, dude that's, that's bad. I feel so bad for you. Like, I couldn't I couldn't handle that kind of quality baseball in the U.S. Dude, <laughs> it sucks. But, like, you know what? Some guys are good, but, like, Canada got to do better for these kids. On that note, let's, let's transition. I hate this. Let's go. Predictions. <laughs> All right. First one I've got here. Uh, AL Manager of the Year. AL Manager yeah. of the Year. Wh- whichever um, way you want to go. Uh, I'll go first. Sure, you go first. Doesn't matter. Sure. I'll, I'll go first just in case you steal my, my answer. Um, so last year I thought uh, Kevin Cash should have won Manager of the Year for what he's done with the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. I think what he's done this year is incredible. I think it's long overdue. So I think Kevin Cash should win manager of the year because like dude the tampa bay rays they're first of all like compare the salary that they're working with and the salary that's that true working with like dude you gotta and like he's he's pulling all the stops like they're always and i don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is their analytics team like you go to their front office page and they have like dozens of dudes dudes in analytics but, like, they make all the right moves, it seems. Like, they're a 90-plus win team with literally no salary. Like, they develop yeah. their, the right players. They they uh, find market inefficiencies. They find the right pieces. And Kevin Cash and his team kind of puts it together. And, you know, that's my guy. Let's go. Who you got? All right. I'm, a, I'm not going to give that big of an in-depth breakdown for manager of the year, partially because I don't really like my pick. But I, I know I think he'll win. <laughs> okay. But I, I'm going okay. with Aaron Boone. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, that's I, who I, I get it. I'm gonna go with. I, I get I'm it. a Red Sox fan, so I don't want to talk about Aaron Boone, but I think it's Aaron Boone. Okay. Good. Good enough. We're, we're moving on. Who's in the NL? Let's uh, see. I don't even. NL. Yeah, dude. NL. Let's tough. see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, 
one guy that I think is an awesome manager is Craig Council. I think he can like he's one Ooh. of those young managers who can just like get that award every single year because he just he's great. So um Craig Council is a guy. Um let's see here. I'm just looking at the standings here. Um you can give Dave Robert you can give it to Dave Roberts, of course, but they just have so much talent, man. Um let's see. You know what? I'll go with I'll I'll go with Craig Council. Like I think I think he's awesome. I think he's an awesome manager. I like I dude, and, I like that pick. Yeah, dude. And like his team is in the playoffs right now. Milwaukee went on like a crazy run here in September. Like they just eliminated the Cubs just, tonight, I think. Dude, or dude, close. they're doing this without literally the best one of the best players in all of baseball. Maybe your potential MVP candidate? Maybe yeah. we'll see. Well, little little uh, I mean, cliffhanger I mean, there. Yeah, and like, dude, that sucks so much. Like, they're gonna go into the playoffs, and they're not gonna have that dude. That sucks so much. Like, I want him to be there, but damn, I feel bad. But yeah, Craig Council, that's my guy. That's my pick. I uh, so I'm kind of torn here, and I'm torn between two names that I feel like not a lot of people are considering. Like, I don't think I'm gonna get this one right at all. I feel like it'll probably be Dave Roberts, but I'm not gonna pick Dave Roberts because that's not who I think it should be. So I've, I'm stuck between Brian Snicker and Mike Schilt. Okay. And I know that sounds surprising, but you think about those two divisions this year. Atlanta was not favored to win that division at the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. I, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of counting them out. Like, I don't know if they're going to have enough. Yeah. Um, you know, so I really like them. They, uh, they're above 500 and, and, uh, against teams that are plus 500 this year. Um, they're actually outperforming their expected win-loss by seven games right now. So they're winning close games and they're executing. And I think that yeah. speaks a lot as a manager to how you're able to construct, like not only help construct your team, but also mm-hmm. manage them and keep the morale up. Because you think about the Nationals been good this year. The Mets went on a hot run there for a while. They made some really aggressive moves. Philadelphia on paper should have been really good. They're sitting at 500 right now. And then Miami, yeah. like their rebuilds, like we could just scrap them out of this conversation. But they're going to be good in a few years right. too. So that division mm-hmm. up and down is going to be really good. Um, yeah. On the flip side, Mike Schilt. Bef- yo, yo, before you before you um, move on to that, um, let me just say that a year ago, I think it was like last November, I predicted the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series this year. Did you so, really? Let's, yeah, I did. It, it was actually like on an earlier episode of Pitching to Contact. So you know what? I'm just going to – I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just going to stick to my pick because I know, think just... they're like one of the sexiest teams in baseball, so – Let's go with that. Carry for on. The, for the heck of it, we're adding a World Series matchup to the bottom here, so that's going to be our last one, just because I heard World that's Series. Nice. Okay. Let's do I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to say Mike Schilt. That's who I'm going to go with. If you think about the division, like the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals have all been fighting for playoff spots. The Cubs had it down here. The bullpen's really let them down. Milwaukee, I mean, they're, they're solid. Their starting pitching could have been a little better, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't bad by any means. Yeah. The Cardinals, I mean, dude, they really didn't add a ton. I mean, they got Goldschmidt, and, but they didn't really go out and add a lot of pieces, and they are playing considerably better than they were under Mike Matheny. And I feel like that also mm-hmm. contributes a lot to the, the culture that uh, Schilt was able to bring in, you know, and also being able to manage a bullpen, a bullpen, which, as one of my buddies actually pointed out to me recently, is one of the best in baseball, if not the best yeah. in baseball yeah, right now in terms of numbers. I think they – yeah, I think they had the lowest ERA, combined ERA across all of baseball. I might yeah. be wrong, but I think that's it. 
Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah. I, I I think he's deserving. Do I think he'll win? No. I mean, you gotta just look at what, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, like in the NLS. Like Dave, you know, Dave Roberts is, you know, fucking got the boys a well-oiled machine, like he seems to do every mm-hmm. year. And granted, they're spending a lot of money to do it, but uh, so yeah, Mike Schilt, mm-hmm. um, yeah. AL Rookie okay. of the Year. This one's easy. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. just gonna go with uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Are you really? That's who, that's who you're going to go no. with? <laughs> no. I'm no, not no, saying, no. I was, that's not what I thought no. you were going to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not no, surprised. Let's go but... with, I, no, uh, I'm going to stop being a homer. I'm such a loser. Um, I'm going to go with your Don Alvarez. I, I don't even need to talk yeah. about this. He's by far, like, just dominant. Like, let's go back to, like, that trade that um, Houston made um, at the trade le- deadline when they got, got um, Zach Greinke. They moved Seth Beer over to Arizona. And I think, like, one of the main reasons they were so quick to part with Seth Beer was, I think, like, their top third, like, third um, best prospect is because, like, they found Don Alvarez. Like, yeah. what's Seth Beer going to do here? Like, dude, I think he was, like, a first round pick, like, a late first round pick. And they're like, ah, we don't need him. Let's take 30 whatever year old Zach Granke because we got your done offer us. We have no place for Seth Beer whenever he does make it. This is yep. this is our guy. So you're done offer us. Uh, yep, yeah, that's the same mind. I'm not going to expound on yeah. anymore. He's had a phenomenal year. Um, mm-hmm. He's gone above and beyond what everybody in the organization could have asked him to do, and he's really given them a big punch offensively. So I'm, I'm not even going to say any more about that. that. That's my pick yep. as well. Uh, in a yeah, rookie of the um, year, I went I Pete think, Alonzo. Yeah. Like I think NL Rookie of the Year is so interesting because there's been so many good players. There is. Uh, like, dude, Fernando Tatis is so dirty. The fact that he wasn't an All Star blows my mind. And but like, yeah. he's, got, he's gotten hurt. He hasn't played enough games. Um, so not not Tatis. Dude, Victor Robles played has played really well as well. Yes, he has. Um, like I'm gonna go with Pete Alonso, but. I kind of, like, I want to see, and this might be just because I'm Canadian, but Mike Soroka has had an insane year. Like, that dude is, like, his ERA is 2.6 or something. Mm -hmm. Like, like, he's had a phenomenal season. Like, literally phenomenal. Like, we're taking a guy like like Pete Alonso because he's had, like, something close to, like, a 4.5 war season, and he's got, like, 51 bombs right now. Right. High on base guy, but like, dude, Mark, Mike Soroka has been insane. Like, Mike Soroka plays in the same division as Bryce Harper. He plays in the same d- division as, as Reese Hoskins, Pete Alonso. Like, um, let's see here, who else is who else is in that division? Um, Jesus, I gotta do better than this. Oh yeah, like Ron, like Rondon, like he's faces Juan Soto. Like this dude's facing some elite hitters a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like you look, you look at the NL. Like he's got to face teams like the Dodgers. He's got to face teams like the Cardinals, or he sees Goldie and guys like guys like that. He has to, f- I mean, face face the Cubs, who you don't really know what you're gonna get on a given night. But like, like this, he's had an insane season. So, like for me, it's kind of like Alonso one A and then Soroka one B. So, oh, oh, you, oh, you had a, you put Mike Soroka in there too. Okay, I didn't pick up on that until just now. Yeah, dude, yeah, I was no, actually no, just I, looking like, up Mike Soroka, and I, I, I dude, he's his numbers very are close nuts. Second. Yeah, he's a very dude, close his, second for me. Dude, dude, he's gonna be in the Cy Young race. 
Like yeah. he's going to be a top five guy in the Cy Young. And like, the NL that, is completely like, wide open. Like, dude, I think dude, we'll Pete, get to that. But yeah, dude, like Pete Alonso is not going to be in the MVP conversation, but no. Mike Soroka is going to get some Cy Young votes. Oh, 100 percent. So, I mean, oh, him. So, you know, like, um, well, we'll get to that, but. Dude, like, like I, I honestly, I, I think I w- want Mike Soroka to get it because I think he, he was, as a pitcher, he was like, re- remarkable, and like, he, like he's even pitched better than like than Paddock, you know, like, like a slight bit better than Paddock. I feel, um, I, I don't know. I think I, dude, I think Alonso wins, but I think Soroka deserves it more, even though that Alonso has put up like ridiculous power numbers. So you two are going to go Pete Alonso. Yeah, dude, I, I really like Soroka. I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up because I was literally getting ready to fuel my argument for why we should be considering him. That's really funny. Yeah. This yeah, one's going to be interesting, and I feel like this one will take the longest out of all of them, is the AL Cy Young. The longest. I think so. That's a, that's interesting because I think the NL Cy Young is going to be pretty long too. But um, geez, it's it's literally bet- between uh, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. Yeah, and it is. And the um, reason I think it'll take the longest is because their numbers are, are identical. Identical. Yeah, I mean, like I, you can't really. I think what'll give uh, Garrett Cole the edge, which I think, is that's yeah, who I pick is going to be, is yeah. his social media presence and like how mm. mind-boggling like his strikeout rates have been. Yeah. You know. The strikeout th- numbers, the last the four, five, six starts. I think that's what's going to push him over the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's crazy. I think you like you look at um, Justin Verlander. I think has the better whip, has the better ERA, has a better FIP, I believe. But then you look at, and I think he's also pitched like six more innings, like literally minuscule. Like the only and everything is so close. The only thing that's pretty. Like there's some dis- like some distance in the middle and between them is in strikeout. Like yeah. I think there's like twenty-five or something strikeouts in the middle. Like Garrett Cole is striking people out at an insane rate. And he's doing like, it think- with mostly with his fastball, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah dude. Like I don't I, like if and I think I, I think um Garrett Cole's war is also slightly better than uh, Justin Verlander's. I might be wrong, but I think Garrett Cole has the higher war. So, and I, I, I just, like, also Justin Verlander had the no-hitter, so maybe people are going to, like, the voters are going to gravitate towards that because, like, that was, that was like, true dominance right, right there, like, no-hitter. Like, how often does that happen? Right. But then you look at a guy like Garrett Cole, I think he's gotten at least 10 strikeouts in eight straight appearances, and I think that hasn't been done since, like, Pedro Martinez, right? Um. Like I'm gonna go with Garrett Cole. I think he's been insane. He's never won a Cy Young before. I think he deserves it right now. Like he's literally taking care of business all by himself. Like his defense isn't doing anything when he's out there. Like he's just motoring guys down, like mowing them down with K's. That's yeah. my. It's close. That's it. Um. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go Garrett Cole, and it's super close too. I I, I just. My thing is Garrett Cole has done it. Everybody knew he was good. Everybody was expecting him to be good. But just yeah. the way that he has just turned it on, is it's incredible. I mean, Verlander, mm-hmm. he's been this guy his whole career, minus like a full three, maybe maybe three-year stretch where he kind of struggled a little bit towards the end of his time in Detroit. Part of that is probably because he was still in Detroit. 
you know, I mean, among yeah. other reasons. So, I mean, and he, and he wasn't bad. That's the thing. Like, it's not like he was like post like a five ERA and getting shelled. Like, it was bad for Justin Verlander, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not like yeah, yeah he he was still a top tier pitcher. But um, right. I see. To me, the NL Cy Young is very interesting because I mm-hmm. um, I think it's close, but I just don't think yeah. the level of caliber of pitching is the same. Like, yeah. Well, Roy is I think good. Like, Scherzer dominant, yeah. Degrom dominant, yeah. but then you have guys like you know Strasburg and Soroka. Like Strasburg's had a good year, mm-hmm. Soroka's had a good year, but they haven't been that dominant yeah. level like we see in the AL. Um, yeah, Zach Greinke has a no no oh, through six so, innings. Sorry. No, that's interesting. You just <laughs> yeah. ruined that. Um, <laughs> but do you, okay. Here's a question for you. Like I personally don't think Ryu is gonna win. But a month ago or whatever, when he had like an ERA of like 1.6, do you think he was the clear front runner at that point? No. Like before he got like shelled for like a few starts? I don't think so. No. Interesting. Yeah, because um, like I guess you're going to write this on the board right now. I think it's Jacob deGrom. Like Jacob deGrom, like <laughs> one, like Max Serger has been so good, but like he's been hurt. He's only, I think he's at like only 160 innings, and Jacob Degrom's at over like 200. Like the K's are insane, striking out a ton of guys. His ERA is, I think, it's literally like 0.05 higher, like lower than, uh, sorry, 0.05 higher than where you. So, I think the FIP is higher. Uh, the the FIP is lower uh, for uh, Degrom. Um, not sure about it, but I th- genuinely think Degrom has been the most dominant pitcher this season in that on the NL side that's my okay. pick I like that um yeah and I like the Grom um I just don't I don't think Scherzer will get it like you said innings I just I just don't think he'll be the one that gets it mm-hmm. so then it brings us back to the conversation whose year was more impressive in terms of span they were dominant and you also mm-hmm. have to kind of take into account the year that DeGrom had last year. Yeah. It wasn't as fantastic, but it's still insane. Like, he still mm-hmm. had an insanely good year. But last yeah. year, that was just unbelievable. But, so, like, but like, dude, I can't that, really... just, that just shows that, like, this dude took a step back from last year. And it was still and insane. still the dom- most dominant pitcher in the NL. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. And, and, uh, is, that, is that your pick? It is not. I'm actually going to go for you. Interesting. So, I, th- I think that the writers are going to really value that playoff birth. And I, and I think that I I just, I, something about it, man, I, the voters, the, the writers who vote and, Mm -hmm. you know, all all this stuff and then the managers that vote and all like, Mm -hmm. like whenever you like, you poll people, you think about does your team being in the playoffs have weight? Typically most guys will say yes, but not enough to sway the vote. But I think he's had a good enough year and the numbers are close enough minus this last, you know, few starts he's had hadn't been super great i think it's good enough to justify him winning um i personally i don't agree with it but that's who i think will win Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the route i'm taking there personally i agree with you it should be Degrom, but i don't think he'll win and i and i don't think that's fair i don't think Uh it's fair but i don't think he'll win. right so i guess let's so let's let's move into al mvp so by that logic you don't think mike trout wins al mvp because Alex um, Bregman's in the playoffs, 40 home run season, like really dominant season start to finish. But then Mike Trout has like, um, I, I haven't checked the, their wars, but I think Mike Trout is like a, an 8.6 and 
and uh, Bregman's at around like a seven point eight or something. Yeah, so so this is where it gets tricky for me because I say that, and then you th- and I take into account also the fact that pitchers are only running out there every fifth day, where Trout has been doing this literally every day. It seems like for the last mm-hmm. five, six, seven years. How how dude? How yeah. long he's been in the bigs at this point? I've got this signed uh, ball from him in the minors sitting over here, and I'm trying to think. Either there we year. go. I'm trying. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what year I got that. I was probably dude 14, 15. So it's been a while. I can't remember, like I said, I can't remember what year he even made his debut at this point. But it, uh, I think it's interesting because he did it every day. But you yeah. know, I, I also still believe that argument to where even though I don't agree that it's right, I still think it carries a little bit of weight. Bregman mm-hmm. has had an unreal year. Um, Trout had a couple DL stints, which I think it will hurt him, even though it shouldn't. I, I still don't think that should hurt him. <laughs> to me, dude, like I here, check, check, dude, check out these stats. So this is Mike Trout versus Alex Bregman. So Trout has played in 134 games. Alex Bregman has played in 151 games, and he's probably going to get up to like 155 or whatever before the season's over. Um, so in 17 less games for now, Mike Trout has an 8.6 WAR. Bregman has a 7.9 WAR. Mike Trout has a .436 WOBA. Alex Bregman has a .416 WOBA. Mike Trout has a um, 179 weighted runs created plus compared to Alex Bregman's 166. Like, dude, like they're like isolated power 353 compared to 295. You know, still like still Mike Trout has 45 bombs compared to Bregman's um, 40. You know, like right, dude, this guy and, and like. Jesus, like, it's, Mike Trout's BAPIP is 298, Alex Bregman's 279, like, dude, like, these numbers are insane. Like, I'm looking at this, there's, his slugging, like, his OPS is literally almost 100 points higher than Alex Bregman's. Like, they can't take this away from Mike Trout. Mike Trout has been so far better, like, so much better than everybody. And he has he been. Can't. You know, like you can't just blame his team. And I think it's also because like Mike Trout's the boring pick, you know, it's kind of like in the NBA where LeBron James should have been an MVP way more than he has been. But it's like he's bo- it's boring, you know, we know he's the best in the world. You know, let's give it to Derrick yeah. Rose one year or something like that or Kevin Durant another year. Like, right. That's the feeling I get with Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout has had easily the best season across all of baseball. He's the mm-hmm. most valuable player in baseball. And I like, agree with that. Don't take yeah, this yeah. away from him. And here's the thing, man. I, 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 I'm glad you started rattling off those numbers because I literally have them pulled up right here in front of me. So that's yeah. kind of funny. I, uh, I think it'll be Trout. Um, God. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I was just gonna say, like, I think Dude, it's preach easier it into to, existence. Well, the thing is, I think it's easier to tell with position players because they play every day. Like they're mm-hmm. having more of an impact. Like, sure, you're running out an ace out there every fifth day. Like that's great. But when you have yeah, when, it, when yeah. it comes to like offensive MVPs or right? like you know. Um, we were considering offensive guys and not like the case where like Verlander won this won the Cy Young and the MVP a few years ago. Like when you have guys that you're comparing, which is almost always the case, comparing offensive numbers for MVP, I think that when you're running them out there every day, it makes it it's easier to tell like who was more important to their team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that I think Trout's more valuable. I think I worry that like the game amounts will kind of you know, plague him in, in this year's voting. 
which I don't, which, like I said, I don't think is fair because I, I think Mike Trout will be yeah. the best player that I will see come across baseball within my time frame. I, I 100% believe it. Um, you know, and you know, and I might be wrong. I, I really might be wrong in saying that. But like as of right now, there's no reason for me to think otherwise. This dude mm-hmm. can do everything. Yes. He's humble. He works hard. He does everything the right way. Um, you know, and you cannot ever fault a guy for playing hard. He runs out just about right. every ground ball you see. I mean, like the dude plays 110 percent. He gives everything he has to the game, and he cares. And I, yeah. I think that's something that we will never come across again at such a high level. Mm-hmm. For a guy who has that much talent, so dude, I, my dude, pick I is hope my he track. wins a, dude. I hope he wins a ring before he retires. Like that would be an absolute be- travesty. That would be an absolute travesty if he retires without a World Series ring. Like I hope the Angels figure it out for his sake. Like they got to. You yeah. cannot. You cannot see him walk out the door without a ring. But what are we doing in the NL MVP race? I'm going Cody Bellinger. Really? Yeah. See, like, uh, this, this, is, this is tough. Dude, it's, this is actually kind of tough to, for me because, like, if you look at Fangraphs, um, Christian Yelich has better numbers across the board. He's just played, like, 30 less games, you know? So, like, Woba, he's better. WRC Plus, he's better. Like, War, he's better. Batting average, OBP, slugging percentage. I, I believe slugging. No, no, not slugging percentage. Nope, slugging percentage as, as well. Yeah, like, dude, he's better across the board. Everything. Like, isolated power. Like, dude, this dude, he's, he's had better numbers across the board. Like, I think it has to be Christian Yelich. Right. I mean, I'm not going to fault you. I, I think that Yelich, I think I it's, I think see it's cool, a Dude, closer. I can see. Yeah, I can see the I I can see the case of Bellinger. Like it's going to be really close. I think it should be closer in the NL than it is in the AL. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. We didn't we didn't go same pick there. I like that. Um, yeah, and you know, and I, I like Bellinger. I just think I think Yelich. I worry that the injury bug. You same thing here because he's been out a little bit longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bellinger has literally done it nonstop all year. Like I mean, that dude is lighting the world on fire. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I definitely think that one's closer to a flip of the coin. I definitely think you could yeah. you could make arguments for both. So I'm not gonna go yeah. into a, a big spill on that. Um, World yeah. Series, I, I, dude. But yeah, like one more thing before we move on to that. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Like I completely agree. I think like if you if you give Alex Bregman the MVP over Mike Trout, like I will be upset because I know like that can't be right. But if you give like Yelich the MVP over Bellinger or Bellinger the MVP over Yelich, it's like okay. Like makes sense. That's like fair. it's yeah. really not that f- like I get it. They both had incredible seasons and I believe Bellinger was a much be- like better than Yelich in terms of what he does on the field as a defensive player, like in outfield. So I'm I'm cool with it either way. But yeah, let's do it. World Series. Let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap this um, baby up. I'm gonna let you go first here. I'm curious your sure. thoughts. So um, a year ago, less than a year ago, like November, I picked the Braves. So I'm just gonna die with that ship. I'm gonna go with them. Hopefully they figure it out. Um, I kind of want to see the Dodgers like finally break through and win because like they do everything the right way, and they've been there the past two years, but they just haven't closed the deal. So right. I kind of want the Dodgers, but I' gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna stick with the Braves. So they're gonna 
I'm just gonna say they're gonna win the World Series because that's my pick there, and they're gonna go up against um, the Houston Astros. Dude, the Houston Astros are insanely good. Like they're like just look at their batting order. It's nuts. Like you got Springer, Altuve, Brantley, um, Alvarez, Correa. Hopefully he's back from his back stuff. Um, who else is there? Like Yuli Gurriel, dude. Chirinos is pretty pretty solid for a catcher. Um, we'll see what happens with Kyle Tucker. Like he's been okay. Um, like dude, their their offense is insane and then you have Verlander, Garrett Cole, Granky in the starting rotation and I guess Wade Miley might fill the last spot. Like he's been okay for the most part. And then like in the back end of their their bullpen, like they have some guys there who can figure stuff out. Like yep. between Suno, Will Harris, um Rondon, um Jay Hap. Yeah. Wait, who? Or not Jay Hap, Jesus. Uh yeah, Jesus. Oh. I was like, wait, what? Um, that's I, I the Yankees, that, dude. Come yeah, on, Jesus. My dude, bad. Dude, I, dude, I, the I wheels can't fall. Dude, the wheels can't fall off this late into the episode. Not, not uh, hap. Oh God, who's the dude they traded? I'm drawing a blank. What is going on? You mean Biagini? No, the other guy. The other guy. You guys got two oh, arms. Presley, full. dude. Presley. Presley's legit. Ah, uh, that's not what I'm thinking of. The two guys. You guys traded two arms down there. Aaron Sanchez? Aaron Sanchez, Jesus. Dude, he dude, he broke his shoulder. Oh shit, did he? Dude, I I literally did not dude, even realize this is, that. This is horrible. Everything's falling apart. Now. Oh my god. Uh, when did when did that happen? Hold on. Dude, I, he didn't break his shoulder, but I think he had like some sort of shoulder injury. Um that might keep him out of like spring training next year too. Like holy I think crap, he's had... dude. That dude that must slip through the cracks, bro. I did not even know that. I was oh, wondering, dude. I was kind of curious why no one had brought him up. I was like, dude, like why is no one bringing this yeah. up? Like there we go. Jesus. There we go. The secret uh, is out. Dude, I can't so, believe that. My bad. Yeah. That's terrible. Yan- terrible. Yeah. For the Yankees, the Twins, whoever else is in the playoffs, who are waiting to like match up against Aaron Sanchez and are listening to this podcast, just know that you will not see Aaron Sanchez in the playoffs. Yeah, Don't that's prepare my for him. Stop it. Um, my B. I'm yeah, going to Astros yeah. uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, they're they're just... They're incredible right now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know what else to say that you already haven't said. But you, when you have Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, plus that good of a bullpen, I mean, and Zach Greinke, I just don't think there's teams that a team that can match up with them starting pitching wise, mm-hmm. um, unless it's the Nationals. But I don't think they're good enough to do everything else. So um, I don't think they'll make it to that point. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I. The NL, I, I feel, is very tough. I feel like for each division winner, you can make an argument. Um, this is going to sound insane. I feel like the only team that can knock the Astros out are the Oakland A's, and I know that's going to be super weird to you, but I just feel like all year, like it's been so back and forth with them, and I think that they could pull it out um, if they got into a series with them, but we'll see. Um, I, I, I think that's the only team that matches up good enough with them that understands how they play and has seen them enough times or like, okay, like this is, we can do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way they play. They, they've played smart all year. They're, uh, they execute really well and they, they are really good with the arms they have. I think the addition for Oakland with AJ Puck and all them will uh, adding the bullpen and, you know, come have that. I think having that hot lefty on the bullpen for them, and it could be really good high leverage for them. I think AJ Puck, if he had a chance, would fucking shine in the postseason. But that's not the point. So if anybody beats the Astros, you heard it here first. It'll be Oakland. So 
let, let we'll see how that pans out if they even because they're I think they're tied the wild card right now. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think in the NL, the Cardinals bullpen is good enough to win them a lot of games late. Uh, I worry about the offense, the Braves. I worry about just being consistent all the way around. Uh, the Dodgers. I mean, other than the fact that it seems like they can't get over the hump, I think they I think their bullpen is also a concern. So I'm going to go kind of against the grain here. I don't think it'll be the Dodgers. I'm actually going to go. The Cardinals offense has been really hot right now in terms of being able to score them runs and get out of big, get into, get out of like those big situations with some runs. Um, granted, they lost an extra innings game the other night, like 19 innings. That was last night, actually. Um, so I, I'm actually going to go with the Cardinals. I, I think that their bullpen is going to be able to get the job done. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they're starting pitching with Flaherty and Hudson. Uh, Adam Wainwright's been really good at home, uh, so if he if he makes start in postseason, he'll definitely be uh, at Bush Stadium. Won't be on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that as long as their offense can keep piecing it together the way they have, especially the last week and a half, uh, which I think they can um, if they get Colton Wong back. I think that'll be. I think Colton Wong will be a really huge addition for them to get back uh, this time of the year. I know he's been out the last few days, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I, I think it's a, a lot against the grain, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Well, there we go. Well, you're you're the only hot lefty that I need in my life. Dude, too bad I'm not a lefty. Ah, well, that <laughs> sucks. I think we should. Ra- I think we should wrap this one up. Eh? I'm just. I'm just hot. You're just hot. Okay. Well, cool. Cool off because we're about to wrap this one up. This has been a pretty lengthy episode. Um, it hopefully has this been. one, dude. Hopefully this one reaches the airways because this is this is attempt number three. No Can't, shit, dude. Dude, we can't keep going like this. Like we're gonna be dead soon. We gotta get these. We gotta get this content out. So, anyways, man, it's this has been a blast. We'll do this again sometime soon, whenever. Uh, we kind of just figure it out as we go. Um, so, this has been pitching to contact. Till next time.